booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Jerry Nadler unofficially defeats Carolyn Maloney in the closely watched primary in the 12th Congressional District. Bronx apartment building residents are being terrorized by teens. They're getting action, though, after their stories surface. Attorneys for former President Trump handed a Friday deadline to outline reasons why they want a special master to oversee documents taken during the FBI's raid at Mar-a-Lago. President Biden expected to announce student loan forgiveness today. New York's governor verbally attacks her Republican rival, Lee Zeldin, and Mark Molinaro, who ran for the GOP not in the 19th because her lieutenant governor was arrested on corruption charges. Representative Jerry Nadler is a projected winner in the hotly debated redrawn 12th Congressional District over rival Carolyn Maloney, 55 to 24 percent. Carolyn Maloney and I have spent much of our adult lives working together to better both New York and our nation. I speak for everyone in this room tonight when I thank her for her decades of service to our city. Now, I stand before you tonight deeply humbled to be your Democratic nominee for New York's 12th Congressional District. The two longtime representatives who've served in Congress since 1992 battled each other in the redrawn district. Maloney told supporters she'd called Nadler to concede. I have called Congressman Nadler to congratulate him on his victory. They were pitted against each other due to the redrawing of congressional maps in the U.S. House Democratic primary in the 10th. 95% of those votes reported the winner projected to be Daniel Goldman. He had 26,686 votes endorsed by former President Trump over a dozen hopefuls. Out on Staten Island in the Democratic primary for the 11th with 95% of the vote reporting there. Max Rose is a Democratic candidate with 75% of the vote. He'll face Republican incumbent Nicole Maliotakis. She garnered 78% of the vote. In the 19th district, there was a special election due to Antonio Delgado becoming lieutenant governor of New York. So he stepped down. Republican nominee, the apparent winner here, Pat Ryan, with 52% of the vote, apparently defeating Marcus Molinero, who had 48% on the Democratic side. The winner there will face Josh Riley, who garnered 64% of the vote. Residents of a Bronx apartment building say they are being terrorized by a group of young people who've overrun their building night after night at buildings on 169th Street. Last weekend, an estimated 20 residents were assaulted by 15 to 17-year-olds. Resident Miriam Cintron spoke to ABC7. These kids need to get locked up. They need to be reformed. They need need mental help. And ABC7 broke the story. Security guards now in place as of last night and surveillance cameras in place. Federal judge down in Florida has given former President Donald Trump till Friday to refine those legal arguments in his request for a special master to oversee the review of evidence gathered in the Mar-a-Lago search. Here's 
former federal prosecutor Glenn Kirshner on MSNBC. Who's turning the heat up? It's Donald Trump by continuing to lie to the American people about the election being stolen and so many other things. It's also his Republican enablers who are doing the same thing. So he actually has the ability to turn the heat down himself. And it's clear he's not going to do it. And the 77 WABC Early News spoke with Judge Andrew Napolitano about the request, that interview at 550. President Joe Biden expected to today announce he will forgive $10,000 in student loan debt for millions of borrowers. Penn Wharton estimates that a one-time forgiveness of $10,000 per borrower would cost about $300 billion. Here's House Speaker Nancy Pelosi back in April. People think that the President of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone, he can delay, but he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. Ahead of Tuesday's primary results, New York's Governor Hochul knocked her Republican opponent, Lee Zeldin, and congressional candidate Mark Molinaro for not reflecting the values of most New Yorkers when it comes to a lot of topics like labor and the environment, LGBTQ. Selden posted a video on Twitter calling Hochul's comments a psycho demand. So I'm in my car now and I'm going to drive to New York 19 and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure Marcus wins this race. And then after that, all of us all throughout the entire state who you want to throw out, we're all going to rally together and we're going to save this state. You're gone November 8th. And Pat Ryan, the apparent winner in the 19th with 52% of the vote. President Donald Trump took more than 700 pages of classified documents, including some related to the nation's most covert intelligence operations, to his private club and residence in Florida when he left the White House in January 2021. Now, that's according to a letter that the National Archives sent to his lawyers this year. The letter dated May 10th was written by the acting U.S. archivist Deborah Steidel-Wall to one of Mr. Trump's attorneys, Evan Cochran. Former federal prosecutor Renato Marathi on CNN. What Trump is asserting is executive privilege, which is bizarre. As I mentioned a moment ago, the, the branch of government that's trying to seize these documents is the executive branch. And so the current executive branch is trying to get its own documents back. Uh, so in this context, I really think on the merits, there's no good argument for an except for a special master here. The letter disclosed Monday night by one of Mr. Trump's allies in the news media, John Solomon, who also serves as one of the former president's representatives to the archives. The archives then released the letter on Tuesday. Well, magistrate judge Bruce Reinhardt, who approved the initial warrant the FBI used to search Trump's Florida home, will not handle the former president's request to appoint a special master in the case. U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon, a Trump appointee, will decide the issue. Cannon's already made one ruling in the case, declining to allow filings from two of Trump's attorneys for not following the rules that apply to lawyers not yet certified in the district. Former New York Special Prosecutor Rebecca Royfe on CNN. The sheer number of documents involved here make it very hard to claim that this was accidental. You know, by mistake, I just stuck a document in my briefcase. But then here, if you have the actual moving from one one container to another, that also makes it look like it. this was a very intentional move. This was something done by somebody who had instructed, you know, I want to take these, I want to move them, I want to hide them. 
Agents from the FBI's Washington field office raided Trump's Mar-a-Lago compound in early August, seeking classified documents he may have removed from the White House. Reinhardt issued the warrant despite previously recusing himself in a civil case filed by Trump against former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and others over the Russia collusion scandal. So you could try both feet out if you want. Before we, I'll let you start. Uh, you can try the test with both feet. I'll give you like a like a, a pre-trial run. And that stash cam footage of the arrest of Paul Pelosi. Paul Pelosi, the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, pleaded guilty Tuesday to driving under the influence of alcohol in May. He did not personally appear in court, though. Judge Joseph Solga sentenced Pelosi to five days in jail, but he will receive credit for two days already served and two days for conduct credit. His remaining one day will be served through a court work program. Pelosi will be on probation for three years and pay $1,700 in fines. The court also ordered an interlock ignition device to be installed on his vehicle for a year, restitution to remain in the court's jurisdiction and his attendance in a three-month drinking driver class. Pelosi arrested back on May 28th. Uh, You heard part of that dash cam footage there after a nighttime collision with another driver in Napa, California. Earlier this month, he pleaded not guilty. A former Louisville detective pleaded guilty in federal court Tuesday to conspiring to falsify an affidavit for a warrant to search Brianna Taylor's home, which ultimately led to the black woman's death as officers raided her apartment in a drug case back in March of 2020. The detective also admitted to lying to investigators, according to the U.S. Justice Department. Kelly Hannah Goodlett, 35 years old, pleaded guilty before U.S. District Judge Rebecca Grady in Kentucky. Attorney General Merrick Garland earlier this month. We alleged that the defendants knew their actions in falsifying the affidavit could create a dangerous situation. And we alleged these unlawful acts resulted in Ms. Taylor's death. Goodlight is scheduled to be sentenced on November 22nd, according to court records, and she could face up to five years in prison and a fine of $250,000. Goodlight was charged along with three other officers earlier this month. Well, former Speaker of the Tennessee House of Representatives and his chief of staff were indicted Tuesday on corruption charges, according to the U.S. Justice Department. The charges allege that former Speaker and current State Representative Glenn Casada, Republican, and his former Chief of Staff, Kate Cothran, created a company and a fake persona to receive state funds. Cothran spoke briefly to reporters after pleading not guilty. Truth will come out, Phil. The indictment alleges that Casada and Catherine said the political consulting business they actually owned and profited from was run by a Matthew Phoenix. But in reality, there was no Matthew Phoenix and the men were profiting by diverting state funds to the business. Allegedly, Casada Republicans said earlier this year he would not seek reelection. He had resigned from House leadership in August of 2019. Turkey's reconciliation efforts with Israel will in no way diminish Ankara's support for the cause of the Palestinians, according to the Turkish leader's comments Tuesday. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan made the comments during a visit by Palestinian President Mohammed Abbas. 
The actions uh, that aim to change uh, the status of uh, Jerusalem are never accepted by our side, and we expect, we express our expectations in the clearest way to our Israeli counterparts. We have uh, shared those, and uh, we do uh, express uh, those. 77 WABC Time Check, 515. Time for Justin Ellick and sports. Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Thanks to a little of the little brother syndrome out of the New York Mets, it seems that maybe, just maybe, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, a sleeping beast has been awoken in the New York Yankees, who after one of the worst month-long stretches performance-wise in franchise history have strung together three wins in a row as they completed the two-game Subway Series sweep of the Mets last night in the Bronx. Sparkling defense and a resurgent outing on the bump from the newly acquired Frankie Montas gave the Yankees what they needed on one side of the ball. Andrew Benintendi and Aaron Judge took care of the rest, as Judge did so in loud and clear fashion with this moonshot in the fourth. That one's driven deep to left field. There's a flight. See ya. A long home run for Judge. one nothing Yankees. That call courtesy of the Yes Network, number 48 on the year for Judge, still on pace for 61. Benintendi stayed hot, adding a huge RBI single to left in the seventh to put the Yankees up 3-2 to two at the time, and an RBI single from Judge to boot followed promptly, and the Yankees secure the 4-2 to victory ahead of an off day today before heading out west to Oakland for a four-game set over the weekend. As for the Mets, they'll grab a breather tonight as well before welcoming in the Colorado Rockies for the weekend. Additional baseball news to get to as well as the Padres' Fernando Tatis Jr. spoke publicly for the first time since his 80-game suspension, saying in the San Diego, San Diego dugout, quote, I have seen how my dreams have turned into my worst nightmares. The San Diego superstar was joined by the Padres president of baseball operations, A.J. Preller, in a show of support from the organization. He also said, quote, there's no other one to blame than myself. I haven't made the right decisions these past few weeks, months, even starting in the beginning of the year. Well, he's got that right, and we'll see if he can... Uh, Get back in their good graces. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. An off-duty NYPD police officer fighting for his life this morning after being attacked and robbed by three men while apparently out for a morning jog on Olmsted Avenue in the Union Port section of the Bronx yesterday morning. Now, investigators think the attack on this 48-year-old officer is part of a pattern robbery. The officer is the 19th victim in a string of attacks that began August 5th. The officer worked for the Central Park Precinct for 18 years. He suffered a fractured skull and brain bleeding in this attack. He's at Jacoby in critical but stable condition. Police say three men exited a Honda vehicle and attacked the officer, striking him repeatedly in the head. An investigation ongoing there. 77 WABC time check at 519. Let's head over to Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs financial report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street still dragging midweek. Investors eyeing big chipmaker earnings and new home sales plunge to a six-year low. Those stories next. Stocks still struggling this week. The S&P 500 now riding a three-day losing streak. Investors weighing poor economic data and mixed earnings as they await guidance from Fed Chair Jerome Powell later this week. NVIDIA reporting second quarter earnings. The company is no longer hinging its outlook on gaming revenue, expecting a 30% decline from a year ago. NVIDIA cut its forecast for the second quarter by more than a billion dollars on the expected video game losses. Any positive outlook the company offers today will be based solely on its data center growth. Sales of newly built homes fell 
more than 12.5% in July, down 29% from a year ago. Just 511,000 new homes sold last month. That's the fewest since January of 2016. Sky-high price tags and mortgage interest rates are causing families to reconsider new construction. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Checking futures, the Dow up 12 points at 32,913. S&P up 4, NASDAQ climbed 16. Gold up $5 an ounce at $1,766.20. Crude oil at $95.01 a barrel, up $1.27. It's the WABC Early News. All right, 77 WABC time check, 521. In crime news, a man sucker punched and knocked out cold. This happened at a Brooklyn mall, and shockingly, nobody seemed to notice. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. Police say it happened Saturday around 6 p.m. at the King's Plaza Mall in Mill Basin. Video showing two men walking up to a 36-year-old man with his back to the suspects when he suddenly punched in the head without warning. A security guard and many shoppers just walking past the victim lying on the floor appearing knocked out cold. Really? The security guard did nothing? Oh my goodness, it's ridiculous out to hear to see what happened. The suspects were last seen driving away through an exit gate without paying. Anyone with information in regard to the incident is asked to call NYPD's Crime Stoppers 1-800-577-TIPS. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. An unprovoked attack against a man dressed in traditional Jewish clothing on a Williamsburg, Brooklyn Street Monday afternoon under investigation by the NYPD's Hate Crimes Task Force. The 27-year-old victim was walking along Lynch Street about 4.30 in the afternoon when this attacker approached him, said nothing, and slapped the man in the face. Brooklyn Councilman Kalman Yeager spoke to New York One about the rise in anti-Semitic attacks. This has just been going on for so long, the last two, three years. Um, And it seems that every single day we see something else. Monday's attack came just a day after two men, at least one of whom was also wearing traditional Jewish garb, were sprayed with a fire extinguisher in separate incidents in the Williamsburg area as well. And data on hate crimes against the Jewish community so far this year totals 149 incidents with 160 arrests, according to the NYPD Hate Crimes Dashboard. Five people injured in a residential fire in the Bronx Tuesday morning, according to the FDNY. The blaze on the first floor of a two-story home at 1150 Telly Avenue in the Soundview section. And the fire broke out about 930 in the morning. It was under control about half an hour. Dozens of firefighters responded to the scene and video footage shows the windows of the first floor of the home blacked out from the flames. The five civilians were taken to the hospital with unknown injuries. The official cause not yet determined. Well, the man knocked unconscious in an unprovoked attack outside of a Bronx restaurant by an ex-convict on lifetime parole, able to speak again since being removed from a ventilator, according to his family. This August 12th attack left Jesus Cortez with a fractured skull and in a medically induced coma on a ventilator. But his niece says her uncle is now off the ventilator since Sunday and able to give one word answers. Cortez's alleged attacker, convicted sex offender Bai Van Fu, who's 55 years old, released last Wednesday following his initial arrest in this attack. 
New York's Governor Hochul ordered Fu rearrested after he was initially released. My job is not done until I know that every single New Yorker feels safe. But they should feel safer knowing, because of the direct action I just took, that that person who harmed an innocent human being and put him struggling for life in a hospital, that that person is off the streets. Surveillance video released by the NYPD shows the victim floored with one punch outside of Fuego Tipico, a Dominican restaurant on East 188th Street in the Bronx's Fordham Heights neighborhood. Well, the grandson of former Staten Island Borough President James Molinaro faces federal charges in the near-fatal shooting of his ex-girlfriend, according to the Daily News. Stephen Molinaro was arrested Tuesday when he showed up in Staten Island court for the attempted murder case against him. The 33-year-old ex-con was out on $600,000 bond, but after his arraignment, he was ordered held without bail by Brooklyn Federal Magistrate Judge Robert Levy. He was indicted on firearm possession, attempted obstruction of justice, and federal marijuana distribution charges. He faces 20 years in federal prison. The younger Molinaro is accused of shooting his 22-year-old on-again, off-again girlfriend in his Fort Wadsworth home back on April 27th and allegedly trying to cover up the crime. Well, while crime is increasing across New York City, upscale neighborhoods are experiencing an even higher spike this year, according to NYPD Police Department statistics. Year to date, the top seven major violent offenses, murder, rape, robbery, felony assault, burglary, grand larceny and motor vehicle grand larceny have increased by 36.1 percent from this time period compared to 2021 according to NYPD crime statistics. Manhattan 6th Precinct, which includes the wealthy neighborhoods of Greenwich Village and the West Village, is seeing an 80.2% increase in the top seven major crimes this year compared to last. Crimes also risen 65.5% year-to-date in the upscale 1st Precinct, which includes Soho, Tribeca, Wall Street, and the World Trade Center. The increase in those seven crimes is a 50.2% increase so far this year in the most affluent neighborhood in the city, Manhattan's Upper East Side. Well, the Rocket Man seems to be teaming up with the Princess of Pop. Here's Jacqueline Carl. Elton John and Britney Spears giving fans a taste of their first collaboration. The megastars confirmed their duet of Hold Me Closer, and John unveiled a 14-second snippet of the song on the social media platform TikTok. John and Spears' Hold Me Closer drops Friday. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. And at 5.50, our interview with Judge Andrew Napolitano uh, coming up on former President Trump's request for a special master. And he also weighs in on that FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. And if you missed the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, WABCradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.